Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First off, I'd like to thank you all for allowing me an opportunity to get up here and speak with you today. There's been a message that has been in my thoughts for several months. And during my quiet time, this message is a message that I just haven't been able to shake. You know, it's just something that keeps coming up and coming up and coming up. However, I do have some large shoes to fill uh, after our last speaker from the previous week Sunday, Mr. Levi Patton, who did a fantastic job for us. Uh, I'll have to say it, wow. You know, they did such an awesome job last week Sunday and this week Sunday. We are truly blessed to have such wonderful young people here at Hamtown. And if you guys would, if you don't stand for me, I'd like to applaud the youth today. Thank you all. What I'd like to talk to you about today is what I hope and pray will happen here at Hamtown across our beautiful country, and around this fantastic world that God has provided for us. And that is a road to a revival revolution. Over the last few weeks, David has hit on the subject of revival. And even when we went across the street last Sunday, even their pastor hit on the subject of revival. And that is part of what has led me to talk about revival, is the condition that I see that our country is in today. We have been studying in Genesis, and in Genesis chapter 18, verse 20, it is written, Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very great. And we all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. But are we following in the same footsteps as those ill-fated people? Or can we have a revival and come back to Christ? But how can we do it? Well, just like in every revolution, it starts out very small, just a group of believers thinking that they can change things for the better. And in this case, us as a group of believers find our way back to putting Christ first in our lives. But what does the word, what does the word revival mean? Well, the dictionary states, an improvement in condition or strength of something. An instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again to bring back to life or to restore. All those definitions are perfect for us Christians. When we think about reviving our love for Christ, I mean, all of those really hit home. If you would, let's stand and read the verse I have selected to show us to get on the road to revival. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 reads, Sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, Break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Bill Sachs, will you pray for us? Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, that skip come before this congregation for this body of believers. We 
we just ask that you just cast your merciful blessings down upon him about upon the word that he's about to deliver. Lord, thank you so much for the blessing of the youth in this church. They truly are the future, Lord. Yes. Just continue yes. to lead, guide, and protect them. Let this congregation build a hedge of protection around them like no other. Yes. Lord, we just ask that you strengthen Skip, strengthen his walk. Lord, thank you so much for the blessings that you brought into his life, how you continue to pour into his life. Lord, your promises are true. We know this. We just ask that you continue to work in his life, lead God to protect him, protect this body of believers. We seem to be asking praise in your most almighty name, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, the first step on the road to revival is righteousness. But how do we become righteous? In Romans 3.10 it states, There is none righteous, no, not one. we got to admit that we have sin in our life. We have to admit. And we've got to get right with God. We've got to come clean with Him. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy to think, man, you know, I'm doing this. I'm not a Christian. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But still, sin creeps into our lives. You know, we have to do an inventory of ourselves and keep admitting that we do have sin. Hosea 10 12 says, Sow for yourself righteousness. Romans 5 8 says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that is just amazing. You know? Hosea says, Reap in mercy. And through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we can have salvation and reap in the Lord's kindness. So we can become righteous by admitting our sin. Christ died for us to cover our sin, and we can reap in his kindness every day of our life and in the afterlife when we go to heaven. Amen. But that's one of the first steps to getting revival in our lives. We have to look at ourselves. The next step in the road to revival is renewal. Hosea 10.12 continues, break up your fallow ground. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm not a farmer. <laughs> when I first met Jennifer's grandfather, and he first, he, uh, first went over to their home, he took me out to his garden to show it to me. And when I was looking, he had cane poles in the garden. And I asked him, I said, is those cane poles there for keeping the corn straight as it grows? Because I, I had no idea. You know, I thought we needed to give the corn a little boost, not for growing beans. So you could tell that I definitely did not make my way around the corn. But over the years of being here at Hemptown, I've observed what happens to the ground after the crops are harvested. First, the, the fall rain falls upon it. Second, the winter snow. Third, the spring rains get an opportunity to fall on it again. What happens to the ground is it gets smooth, it gets hard, and it gets slick. For this illustration, I'd like to use the term, the ground becomes comfortable. Okay? Here in America, we love to be comfortable. Can I get a show of hands of anybody who has walked into a shoe store and asked where the most uncomfortable shoes are located? <laughs> no, nobody's done that? Okay. Of course, we want to be as comfortable as we possibly can. Myself, I have to have comfort. I've got to have my air conditioning set to the exact temperature. 
I've got to have comfortable clothes, I've got to have comfortable shoes, I've got to have a big comfortable chair to sit in when I go home, and so on and so on and so on. I want things to be comfortable for me. But something that's happened to me, I've wanted to become comfortable in my Christian life. When I think about sharing God's word with others or leading others to Christ, I say I would, but I wouldn't want to make them uncomfortable. Okay? But what I'm really saying is that I don't want to make myself uncomfortable. I've been coming to Hemp Town for several years now. And I'm I'm sorry to say, and it's it's an embarrassment, I have led zero people or helped lead zero people to Christ. I have not. I've not had anybody get saved over any intervention in my life since I've been here. Not only that, the only visitors I've ever asked to come to Hemp Town are visitors that I already know are Christians. I've asked them to come because it's easy. You know, it's great when you're talking to other Christians. Yeah, come visit my church. You know Christ, come on in. You know, but do I go out and look for people that don't have Christ in their life? Am I out there looking for them to try to ask them to come to church? Who are the ones that I need to be bringing? Or do I share my word with other people that I know that are not Christians because they're the ones that really need to hear it? Me talking to Christians all day, well, you know what? I mean, that's awesome, and I love it, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not making anything happen. I'm not changing anything for anybody. I'd like to share a story with you. Uh, a good friend of me, Sean Carter, we, I was sitting at McDonald's one day. He sat down with me and we started talking and he asked me if I was saved. And I said, no, I'm not saved. And he said, but I quickly told him that I was assured that I was going to go to hell because of the way that I lived my life. I already came to the, I already came into my mind that the way I used to live my life, hell was where I was headed. So I was okay with that, you know. Well, Sean then, on a daily basis, began to talk to me every day a little bit about God. And he started getting interested in my life. And he did something that was extremely kind. He started a Bible study with him, another gentleman that I worked with by the name of John, and Sean's pastor at their church, just the four of us, to sort of get us sort of pushed off on the road to Christianity, sort of a little push out of the nest. And so it was really awesome. You know, it was just the four of us, and we got to talk. And I'm a question asker, and I ask question after question after question after question. And I wasn't embarrassed because I knew that they were there to listen to me. Sean was breaking up his fallow ground. Because of his love for Christ, and he, because of his love for Christ, he followed God's words and kept his commandments and got out there and mixed it up with non-Christians and made things happen. He went out of his comfort zone because it would have been so much easier for Sean to say, you know what, it'd be a lot nicer if I could just go home after work, watch some TV, have a nice meal, relax, put my feet up, and just be comfortable. But instead, after work, he, he created a Bible study to help me on the road that I'm on. And what he could have said was, you know what, I don't want to make Skip uncomfortable by talking about God's plans. If I make Skip uncomfortable, you know, you know, it, it's probably not going to be a good thing. But I want you to think for just a second, how uncomfortable do you think I would have been being in hell for an attorney? It would have been pretty, it would have been pretty uncomfortable. In my lifetime, 
I cannot remember a time when church pews were not padded. But I've heard that it upset quite a few people when they first started putting padded church pews in. Why? Doesn't it make sense that we want to be more comfortable when we're here worshiping God, sitting on a nice padded seat? I feel it was because it represented a change in the normal church routine. Change is hard. It's hard to handle. In this case, they would rather be physically uncomfortable sitting on a hard wooden bench than to be mentally uncomfortable from sitting down on a padded bench because it sort of changed the tradition of things. Again, Hosea 10.12 says we must break up our fallow ground. If we took seed and just placed it on top of the ground in our garden in the at springtime, without tilling the soil or planting the seed down in the ground, how much do you think we would grow? I mean, we'd probably grow a little bit. Little tiny bits would probably pop up. We gotta break things up. We gotta change things. We have to change things in ourselves, we have to change things that we might feel are hard to do to keep ourselves revived in a revival to keep Christ close in our lives. The only way we can hope to grow is by continually breaking up that soil in our lives and planting those seeds deep. We have to get out of our comfort zone. We have to, we have, to have a revival within ourselves. And we have to go tell everyone we know about God's awesome plan of salvation. We have to love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves. And we have to spare them an eternity in hell. The third step in the road to revival is repentance. Hosea 10.12 states, For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. What is it to truly repent? We must first turn away from sin. So for me, I've got to stop making excuses of why I can't talk to people about Christ. I've got to stop. I've got to change that in myself. I've got to go against what's comfortable for me in order to do that. I must push myself to continually share God's word with people that I know are not Christians. I have to stop being afraid of making somebody uncomfortable. You know? But another part of it is when we turn away from our sins, that doesn't mean that everything's cool. You know, okay, for me, okay, I stopped drinking, but you know, now I'm not gonna do anything else. I I'm just gonna hang back and just not do anything. We gotta do stuff. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen states, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn away from their wicked ways, and they will hear from heaven, and they will, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. So the second part of repentance is to stop doing wrong and start doing right. Okay, we got to start. We have to start seeking Christ in our lives. So what are some ways we can seek Christ? Well, one way is we can find something in our church that we can do. Can it be anything? Just get involved somehow. We can get involved in our community, outreaching to people, because we know everybody that is usually here at church is saved, so we need to get out of our community and outreach to people that we know aren't. Another way to see Christ is to spend time in prayer. This has been huge for me. Spending time in prayer has been good. 
You have to talk to God for God to hear you. And you've got to make time in your life to talk to him. You have to, you have to give him something back for all he gives you. I mean, he hooks us up. You know, spend some time in prayer and talk to him. A third way is to spend time reading the Bible. How are you ever going to know what God's saying if you don't read his Holy Scripture? You've got, to, you've got to read your Bible. You know, we've got to. And that's this message is more for me than anybody else. Because that's what one of the other ones spoke with. We must strive too to be more like Christ. Show love to all we meet, just as Jesus did. We gotta work, we gotta quit worrying about what we get if we help somebody. Just help somebody for helping them. Not for, hey, what can they hook me up with if I help them? We have to pour, let God pour out of us so that people can realize that we're not trying to say, you're down here and I'm up here. We're all on the same field, okay? And I'm not trying to talk down to you. I just want to tell you how much I love you and how what God's plan is for you and how we can do this, all right? We just have to have them see that it comes from the heart. Not from a way of thinking that we are better than they are. We are no better than they are. We're the same. You know? But the most important thing we need to do is we need to keep on seeking Christ. We can never feel like we came across the finish line and all of a sudden now we're just waiting to get our medal. <laughs> Come on, I know I'm getting up there, so go ahead and put me out with the medal. Got to keep on seeking Christ in our lives every single day. In closing, my hope is that we can all together, as a church, as a community, as a country, as a planet, embark on a road to a revival revolution. We gotta do it. I know when we look around at the world and we and watch the news and stuff, it, it seems like a mountain that we could never possibly climb. We've gone so far back. Christianity, every time you turn on the news, love Christianity's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping, it's dropping. You think, man, how could we possibly ever? Do anything. It says in the Bible, you can do all things through Him. Faith is hard. How can a small group like us create a revival in this turbulent world? But I want you to think for just a second what 12 guys did with their time on it. And we know what the Bible states is true. So just as it says in Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. My brother and sisters of Pentown Baptist, let's make some noise. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.